time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call-in line is 646-716-4972. And now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin. Let's begin. I am excited to talk about a topic that for me is it's revealing some ghosts. We're talking about the Certified Mortgage Banker Program, the CMB program. And I'll explain what I mean by some ghosts in my closet that's kept me from getting into it. And I really want to press into it today because this designation is significant. It's such an important part of helping develop professionalism within the mortgage banking industry, and I can't think of three better guests that could help me talk about this here on the program today. So joining us, we want to honor our leader of the Mortgage Bankers Association, Bob Brooksmith, who is the president of the Mortgage Bankers Association. We've had Bob as a guest on our podcast back in August 15, 2018. It's way too long. We've got to get him back on soon on a number of other topics. We had him on when he first became president of the MBA. I really like the leadership he's brought. I enjoyed what David Stevens done, but I'm really excited what Bob has done. And it's in the topic of where we're going to be talking about, developing up the next generation of mortgage bankers. Also joining on the podcast today is Madeline Johnson. She is an executive financial consultant at a Milwaukee office of Milliman. She is currently the chairwoman of the CMB Society. So, Madeline, we're so excited to have you here, as well as Amber Lawrence. She is the Associate Director of Career Development Programs for the Mortgage Bankers Association. She manages and oversees the MBA certification and training programs. And we're so excited to have you three here talking about the CMB Society and the values and the benefits of that and why every listener listening to this podcast should consider becoming a part of the CMB Society. We're going to talk about that. So welcome to the podcast, everybody. Let's get right into it. Bob, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you, David. We appreciate everything you do for our industry and, and appreciate the opportunity to talk about the Certified Mortgage Banker, which is a designation that is the highest one in the real estate finance field. And it really sets people apart by bestowing this designation on people who really know all facets of the business. It, we think it's really important in a field as interconnected as mortgage lending is that regardless of what your place is in it, whether you're on the origination side or the processing, underwriting, closing side or the post-closing and shipping and secondary marketing and servicing and loss mitigation, the whole panoply of what encompasses mortgage banking we think it's really important to have people who know about all of those fields and bestowing this designation upon people who take the time and energy to make that commitment to the industry is really what it's all about. That's so true. And a lot of people think, well, this is just for you know, certain levels within the industry. But I think you point out well that it is for everyone, and no matter where you are at in the industry, if you're planning to be a mortgage professional, this is a designation that's a must-have. Amber, I want to get over to you. You're the Associate Director of Education Operations there at the MBA. I'd like to get your comments, and we'll get over to Madeline. Thank you so much, David. I really appreciate you having us on today. The CMB designation signifies to 
the real estate community that you've achieved a superior knowledge, if you will, in, in understanding and competency in the residential space. And it distinguishes you from the rest of your peers with, you know, your steadfast commitment to excellence and high ethical standards. So, you know, again, it's just, it's paramount, the ideal designation that you can achieve uh, at the culmination of your career as well as at the midway point. This designation is for everyone. Well, I can't wait to get into that. It is for everyone, and we're going to talk about that. But Madeline, I want to get over to you. You are the current chairwoman of the CMB Society. And I want a great question would be for you is, why did you become a CMB? And if you could tell us a little bit about your journey. Yeah, I would love to. I'm so excited to be on this call. Thank you so much for hosting us today. I think becoming a CMB is a tremendous honor. And back when I was in the School of Mortgage Banking, I was told about the CMB. And being uh, someone that's very inquisitive, I I was always very curious about a lot of things in our industry. I was new to the industry at the time when I heard about the CMB designation. And I thought, I want to learn more about this. I've, I've always valued education and learning new things. And I think this designation is perfect for people that constantly want to learn more and do more and then give back to the industry. So being a CMB, it's a big part of knowledge base that you can use to make the industry better, be up on the issues, assist with the MBA committees and the call to action, going out on the hill. You, you are considered to be an expert in the industry with this designation. And I have, on many occasions, utilized in uh, RFP responses that I am, in fact, a CMB. And people ask about it, and they are curious, and they wonder, what can you do with that designation? Why did you decide to spend months of your life (laughs) preparing for it, at least? (laughs) And I'll I'll tell you a little bit about my journey. And it really started out just being a homegrown uh, mortgage banker. I, I came right out of graduate school without a job and ended up at a non-bank mortgage banking firm not too far down the road from where Bob Brookschmidt was working via Saul Chevy Chase. And yes. worked there for quite a while. Got, really got pulled into the business, really on-the-job training in mortgage banking, but absolutely loved it. Was in secondary marketing. And, of course, I got that great initiation into what's called a market crash in the late 80s. So got yep. a lot of experience in the industry. Again, wanted to learn more, wanted to learn why certain things were the way they were. And my supervisor at the time was a big fan of the School of Mortgage Banking, and I am as well. And I ended up completing all three courses within three years. But then I put it on hold for quite a while. You know, life happens. And, change yep. jobs, you, you have a few babies, uh, you, you get a little <laughs> bit mired into daily time commitments, um, and you have to allocate appropriately. And I want to talk a little bit about, you know, the concerns that people have about getting the designation. Yes, we'll out. get into that. I want to give a shout out to, Madeline, to your supervisor, your boss at the time. I, I love people that are promoting this, and you didn't mention that person by name. If we could give him a shout out on this podcast, who was that person? Uh, his name was John Bray, and I think, Bob, you knew John, didn't you? Sure. I'll have to give him a call and let him know he's now a rock star. Yeah, he's, he's getting, he's be, we're giving him a shout out. I, I think how many people have been encouraged to do this and get into the program by 
the Johns in the world, John Bray's in the world. So, John, congratulations on bringing Madeline through the program and encouraging her through it. So, John, thrilled for your influence and many other of you out there that have done the same. Let's talk a little bit about what this can do for your career, Bob. Probably no one better to talk about this than you now, the president of the MBA. Talk about this designation and as it relates to your career and your journey in this industry. I got my CMB in 2005. At that point, I was 20 years into the mission, having started pretty much literally in the mailroom. And I was uh, taking on increased responsibilities as a member of MBA in MBA leadership. And I was on the residential board of governors, and I was uh, about to become the vice chair and then the chair of that group. So that was a real catalyst for me to say, look, I've been at this for 20 years I can do uh, put a little more into this and get this designation. And then, as Madeline said, people see your name and they see the CMB and they immediately know that you yeah. know a lot about this business and you're somebody that they should pay some attention to. So that's how it came about for me, and it's really been a great help to my career. Are there any stories that come to mind where you could say, in this particular place, in this particular event, that CMB made the difference in either landing or business relationship or something. Is there a story that comes to mind, Bob? I think that it's, it's just a general knowledge among people that I've run into, whether I was, as Madeline mentioned, putting a proposal out there that, that put myself out there as somebody who knew about the business, or whether it's just wearing the lapel pin. And as Amber will tell you, when I started at MBA in August of 2018, she gave me a few extras to make sure I had them around because she noticed I wasn't wearing it at the opening meeting at MBA. And it really is a, it really is a conversation starter, and it's, it's, it's an instant recognition as you see others yeah. wearing the pin. And we're now up to over 769 wow. active CMBs. I'm sure they'll tell, tell you a little bit more about the society, but it really is that instant credibility when you, when you see others who are um, doing something related to our business. Amber, I just love your passion and calling out the new president for not wearing his lapel, his lapel pen. I think that's so important. But there is something about that, Amber, and I, and I want to talk about that because when you see people that have that, there is almost like this immediate connection. Oh, I know what you went through to get that. Anytime we go the extra mile, go to extra effort to obtain something, a designation of this significance. It is something that does begin to form a bond. Talk about that and what you've witnessed as the Associate Director of Education Operations and Programming there at the MBA. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, I had no problem letting Bob know that he was not wearing his <laughs> pin at our meeting. <laughs> in fact, I do that to everyone when I see them out at conferences. You know, I keep them in my, my purse or in my pocket like candy almost and just handing them out. But, I mean, I think it's the efforts and the hard work. A lot of people stretch themselves outside of their wheelhouse. You know, we have people who come through the program starting out as, you know, solely in the origination space or solely in the servicing space or secondary markets, if you will. But then they've taken on the additional track, you know, taking the education and taking some of our courses. Um, and I think it's that to be commended and celebrated. So I'm happy, happy to uh, hand out pins whenever necessary when I see people out. How does someone that's listening to this podcast saying, okay, I'm going to go for it? What is the process, Madeline? Well, we have a great website, the MBA website, that has the CMB designations on it. And the steps that you would 
follow to become a CMB is you would need to enroll and provide the documentation that would include your resume, a letter of recommendation, um, if you have chosen a CMB sponsor, and then a photo. And there's also a registration fee, um, different price for a member versus a non-member. So you would go on our website, right. you identify that link and fill out that documentation. And then you need to have, in order to test for the exam, 150 points. And we will cal help calculate that for you. And that would include uh, professional experience, education, and industry participation. For example, on education, college degree, school of mortgage banking, any industry participation might include committees you, that you are on for the national and local MBA, professional experience, years in the, in the business, and prepare and meet with your sponsor. You would need to do after you submit this documentation and become a candidate. We also have, and we'll let Amber speak about this, uh, a CMB prep course. So it's an online uh, prep course. It's a learning tool that we use. A lot of people really appreciate that uh, additional help in the studying process. And um, in encouraging people to work together in study groups. So you meet yeah. with your sponsor, you enroll in a prep course, and then once uh, you have enough points, the sponsor has met with you, the sponsor agrees that you are ready and prepared to move forward, you would take a written exam. And then once you pass that written exam, you would take an oral exam. And once passed, you would graduate as a, the next CMB in the year 2020, because I hope you do apply this year. And you will be recognized at the annual conference this year in Chicago. And you will get your pin and your plaque. One of the things that I find so special about the CMB group is the society part. And you're the head of that society. Talk a little bit about that network, that the relationships are formed. I, what I hear about the CMBs that have done, gone through the program is they form relationships that will last, no doubt, throughout their entire career at the industry. Has this been true for you, Madeline? Oh, absolutely. I remember um, going through the process of getting my CMB, meeting new CMBs. At every event that we have at the MBA, we have some type of, uh, or we strive to at every event, some type of networking event. There was a right. happy hour at the IMB recently for CMBs. And along the way, we just love to gather and do fun things together. We have a committee under the society literally called the Fun Committee. The Fun Committee this year is led by Debbie Moore from CMC. Oh, good. Debbie is the charge to make sure that we have a happy hour or some event at every MBA conference this year. And our capstone event that I'm always very, very excited about is what we call the Amazing Race. And what it is is a uh, scavenger hunt with an app uh, that we have in the city of the um, national conference. So that, uh, this past oh, year fun. October, we Oh, it was a blast. It was in Austin. We had so much fun. And this year coming up, it's going to be in Chicago, and we will have the CMB Amazing Race for CMBs only. It's an incredible opportunity to literally spend the day with new friends that are CMBs and really enjoy company and solve problems and take pictures and have the reception afterwards. So this society not only has fun events for our CMBs. It also 
is a governing body for the written exam, the oral exam, for any processes or procedures that need to be changed. All of us are volunteers. It's our volunteer non-paid side gig, but we do love it. And so I'm the chair this year. Uh, Steph Sprague is the vice chair, and Sushila Dillon is the secretary for this year. Yeah, I've I've spoken on stage with Seth, and I just love the guy. He is so entertaining. We we both spoke at the IMB conference, and so I can only imagine if if uh, this group is to have that kind of fun. I can only imagine all of you running around Austin with the scooters that we have here in Austin. I'm in Austin, and uh, how much fun that was it would have been. That's just outstanding. Bob, talk a little bit about that that those relationships you formed while you were going through the CMB, because I, I think this is such an important part of this. The designation, being a professional, the, the, the discipline you have to do to make sure we're learning what we need to learn to have the designation is one thing, but there's so much to this relation. This is a relationship-driven business. Bob, speak to that, and specifically the relationships you form, not as the president, not a part of the Board of Governors, but in the CMB society. One of the things that I recall 15 years ago when I was studying for the designation is that while I had had a secondary marketing job, it had been very early in my career, and that was one of the sections that I needed to bone up on. And it was really helpful to me to work with Michael Drain, who ran secondary marketing for us at the bank at the time, and now, of course, is is a very senior official over at Ginny May, and not just the day-to-day questions that one might ask of his secondary head, but really sitting down and, and digging into this stuff, preparing for the exam. And at, you mentioned the IMB conference. Michael was there, and we spent some good time yes. together there, and I see him in Washington. So that goes, that goes all the way back 15 years. And the other thing I'll mention is an important part of being a CMB is to encourage others to do it and to sponsor others. So, for instance, I was a proud sponsor for Vicki Perry, who ran servicing for us at Chevy Chase Bank when she went through and got her CMB. So it's a really great way to pay it forward and think about uh, the leaders for this business for the future. It's really good. We, it was, and speaking of Michael Drain, I, I just love this guy. I was meeting with uh, Greg Keith, and then Michael Drain pulled up the table. We were sitting there talking. I'm shouting out, giving a shout-out to the, all the conferences. You need to be at these folks. If, and we're taking a slight divergence off the topic of CMBs. Be at these conferences. You meet so many people. <laughs> well, Michael and I, Greg, were talking. We... Um, the, yeah, Brian pulls up to the table, and we were having listening to them give each other a bad time about the FHA and Jenny and how they kick things back and forth towards each other. But getting on the program again, uh, Amber, I want to talk a little bit specifically about this process of getting into the program and how you guys have been so diligent about setting it up within the MBA. Could you speak to that, please? Absolutely. The enrollment process is actually pretty simple. I, I walk everyone through uh, the, the process step by step. I take all of the guesswork out. All that's needed is simply a resume or some documentation of work experience. And we maintain meticulous records on our end with conference attendance and educational courses that may have been taken. There's a small enrollment fee that's to be paid, and it's based on whether or not uh, you belong to a member or a non-member company. And then ultimately, there's a a formalized application process that's very short in nature. One identifies who their sponsor will be, and Bob mentioned that earlier. Uh, You have to align yourself with someone who is a current CMB who will serve in a mentorship role to guide you through the process. And so once you're enrolled in the program, 
you achieve what's called the points that are relative to getting through um, in addition to the exam process. And also Madeline alluded to a prep course that we offer, and it's a six-week program designed to help prepare candidates for the written and oral exams. Well, that's good, and I encourage people to go to the website. It's on the MBA. I'm assuming that they can get to the CMB program by going to the MBA website directly, Amber, correct? Yeah, absolutely, and it's actually pretty simple, too. It's mba.org slash CMB. Well, let's get to what has held me back and held out others, and this is that ghost of the closet I hesitate to talk about, but I think that's what we need to do is I have been approached for as long as the program has existed. Dave, why don't you get in and become a CMB? Why don't you go do this? And I was really quite honestly ashamed to, you know, I love Brene Brown and her TED Talk on shame. And, and I got to tell you that I did not realize going through college I had dyslexia. Uh, we didn't discover that until we were uh, educating our youngest daughter, and we knew she was very intelligent. And we are going like, what's going on there? There seems to be some some difficulties in picking up some things, especially when it comes to reading. And we discovered, we hired a consultant that came in, into our family and looked at us, and she met me, and she looked at me, and she goes, I can almost guarantee you that you have dyslexia. And I had, my wife's a teacher, so I had some knowledge of it, but I hadn't really put it together, started studying it. But that is like a ghost in the closet. I went to college, went through college successfully, but I hated studying. I did not enjoy reading. It was difficult. And going to taking tests was one of those fears I had. And so I'm going, all right, you guys have been asking. I've already been in the industry for decades. I've now been in the industry for 46 years. I'm 70 this year. And I'm going, there, is there any benefit for an old codger like me that's been in it since 1973, owned three mortgage banking companies, a software company that went public, and, uh, and owned all these consulting firms. It's almost like, it's like I don't want to go out there and fail after having all these years. So uh, this call, I'm going to sign up, and I'm going to get into it. And I, boy, I just, but when I've said this with others, people come up to me and say, Dave, you're not a CMB. Why? I go, and I lay out the story. And it's just more recently I've had the, the guts to share that. And they go, but you need to. You should. So, folks, hold me accountable. Say it on the program on my own podcast. I'm signing up. I'm going to go through the program. So when I share that story, though, Amber, so many people say, Dave, that's exactly why I haven't gone through it. So I'm challenging anyone who shares that. Come on, step up. Do what I'm about to do. Step over and over the line, and let's get into it. But, Amber, this has got to be shared by others. I cannot be the only one who is had this where we, we fear the test and failing in front of our peers. It is just like one of the most challenging things to get over. So talk about that, please. Sure. And first, I'll just commend you for kind of having the courage to step out there and say this is what's <laughs> holding you back. You know, that's a shared experience, I think, across everyone who gets into the CMB program is that it's the fear factor, the fear of the unknown, yeah. and the fear of if I tell people fear I'm going to do this, yeah, what am I, what's going to happen? What is that going to mean for me? Does it mean that I fail, fail, or does it mean that, you know, it's just a little bump in the road? And honestly, I will say that there's so many CMBs who are looking to see you win. From the moment that you sign up, you have a team full of people who are just going to be cheering you on, in addition to your sponsor, in addition to your colleagues, in addition to your family. You know, I think it means so much to people, and I think that that's, you know, there's so much at stake for some 
you know, the fear factor is what we help kind of get you past. And we help prepare you as best as we possibly can. I alluded to a prep course uh, that we offer that helps you take the test. You know, some other reasons that people I've, I've heard that they've indicated that, you know, they, they just don't understand. They don't know if they'll qualify. They don't know if there are anybody to help them. They don't know a current CMB personally. You know, all yeah. those things we can help you overcome. I think it's so powerful that you do what you can to enable this because it is so important. I've recognized it. And part of me said, I'm listening to you talking and going, I can't believe I just signed up. That was one of those impulsive moments where I just did it. <laughs> Madeline, talk about this. <laughs> yes, good. Do it. Madeline, talk about it because you also had some trepidation at times going through this, yeah. if I'm correct. Yes. I got my CMB in 1998, and I'm not that old, so I got it as, as a baby, as a young child, mm. and that was really before the Internet, right? So back yeah. then, we, we just had binders yeah. worth of study materials, and I was a consultant, and in between jobs and on airplanes and in airports and wherever I was, I would bring my binders and I would study, but I really, really was... Uh, very concerned about uh, taking the exam. And the reason was, as a consultant, say you fail your CMP exam, who is going to hire you? So I was very I'm a consultant. I have that same thought on the back of my mind. I was really hung up on that. And what, what changed that is actually I was at a conference, and uh, the MBA person at the time that was in charge of the designation saw me at one of the receptions, and she said, why aren't you registered in the CMB? And I said, oh, I, I'm just so worried about that. And for those reasons, she said, are you kidding me? Of course you could do it. So just that little bit of you know, advice, a little bit of a push from someone that was at the MBA, I felt, okay, I'm going to go for this. And that whole experience that we're talking about is the fear factor. Um, it's not mm. only about am I going to fail, it's also do I have the time for this? It's a big time commitment, and I want to do it right. I, I want to do it on the first time and, and not have it drag out Nail it. over a period of time. Yes. So as Amber said, we have these tools that can really help the CMB candidate. The one tool that Amber talked about in detail, the online prep course, the um, the outline that the MBA will provide to CMB candidates for them to be able to get organized with their study materials, really take a look at where is the spot in the CMB curriculum that I have the most difficulty with or I could use a little bit of help or better understanding, and where can I align with either a former CMB or uh, people in the industry or someone even in my company to get more ed educated on that topic. And that outline puts you in that direction. So you can assemble the outline. And then beyond the prep course and the outline, we highly encourage these study groups. And these have been forming organically. And we, Amber can tell you stories about how many different study groups have evolved over the years about pulling together, using all of your collective resources as industry. You might have a, a loan officer, a branch manager, a secondary person, a servicing person, compliance, and they're all interested in studying together and forming these what I call study buddy groups. And out of that, your lifelong relationships are built. You have a, a shared objective and a goal, and that also reduces the fear factor. 
Well, I'm looking forward to the journey, and I think it's so important. I think there's also another group out there, and like I'm on the other end, and some would say I'm at the tail end at 70 years old. Are you going to retire, Lincoln? I go, no, no, not anytime soon. I could tell you many good stories that inspire me to keep on going for a long time. It's because I love this industry. I have such a passion for this industry. Chris George said it so well at the IMB. He says, what other industry could have such an impact on people's lives as this industry. It changes lives, and I believe in it. Whatever I have to do to get through that, I can be more effective in doing so. And, Bob, I want to kind of wrap this up by going to you. For those of us, I want to talk about the ones that are new to the industry coming in, and they might be intimidated because they go, I don't have 46 years of industry knowledge. I don't have all experience of owning businesses. It's very intimidating. Well, I would say that I have yet to meet a mortgage professional who is not eager to share his or her experiences and learning with the next generation of mortgage lenders and leaders. And there's really a feeling of uh, common mission and shared passion in this industry. And I think you've focused on the fear factor. There may be the fear of asking somebody who knows more about a topic to spend some time and help you. But I'm here to tell you that I don't think you'll ever be told no to that. And the other thing that I wanted to mention about the CMBs is we spend a lot of time working on and thinking about the diversity of the workforce in the mortgage industry. And I'm really happy to say that of the 44 CMBs who got their certificates in Austin this past October, fully a third of the class are women and 24% of the class 24% of the class comes from a diverse ethnic background. So this is a a real way of both as an industry and as individuals in the industry of putting our money where our mouth is, sharing our expertise, and really having our workforce, and especially the CMBs who, who really demonstrate the pinnacle of our workforce, starting to look a lot more like our customers. So I'm really encouraged by that. That is excellent, and I think for those that have quietly whispered to me, Dave, I share that fear. I'm successful in the industry. What will I look like in the eyes of those that I know out there? And to that group, Bob, what would you say? This is a supportive community that is here to help anyone who goes on this journey succeed and and to clear the hurdles and to pass the exams and to wear that coveted lapel pin. And I think that I don't know of a single person who has put in the work on this who wouldn't agree with me about that. So I really encourage people to get involved. Well, I'm signing up. Hopefully you'll see me on the stage at the annual conference. Got a steep hill to climb, but I'm going to get started. Amber, I understand there's an executive track to the CMB program. Could you talk about that? Absolutely. The executive track is designed for those who have extensive industry experience that kind of serve in the executive space within their organizations and also have 10 years or more of executive level experience. You essentially get to bypass having to meet all of the educational requirements and substitute your work experience in lieu of kind of not having maybe all of the education points necessary in that way, basically upon enrollment in the program, we get you right into the next prep course. And then within those six weeks and after, we'll have you taking the exam within about 30 days after that. So instead wow. of maybe it taking several years for some people, it could only take you a matter of months. Very good. Excellent. Madeline, how many executives have gone through taking that path? 
Well, there is less executive paths than the traditional path. However, I highly recommend it for you, Dave. I think it would be perfect for you. <laughs> and any other um, CMB that's really on the fence, they've put a lot of years in this business, they love it, and they just want to have the capstone of their career be that uh, they are now a CMB. We highly that's recommend great. it. I want to say a special thank you. Joining us on the podcast today has been Bob Brooksmith, president of the Mortgage Bankers Association. So pleased with your leadership and what you're doing for our industry, as well as Madeline Johnson, executive financial consultant at the Milwaukee office of Millman. So good to have you here, Madeline. And Amber, I just uh, love what you're doing there at the NBA. Thank you so much. One of the takeaways is you jumping Bob out, your new boss, the new president about not wearing a CMB pin. That tells you how passionate you are about it, taking that kind of risk. So kudos to all of you. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. And folks, I encourage you to get over to the NBA website. Again, mba.org forward slash CMB. You can do it. If I can, I'm overcoming it. You can as well. Thank you so much, everybody, for being here today. Thank you, David. Folks, thank you so much for being here with us this week. I want to say a special thank you to our sponsors, Black Knight, Open Mortgage Finastra, the NBA Lenders One, the Mortgage Collaborative, CMLA, Indicom. Welcome, Indicom, to our list of sponsors, as well as Ainsworth, Knowledge Coop, Mobility RE, Celebrity Home Loans, Velma, and Vidyard, VendorSurf, and AI Assist. Check them all out in our website, on the Lick and Lending website, and uh, go under sponsors, and you'll see one. They're, we don't... We, when we have sponsors on, folks, it's not just to get advertising dollars. We really believe each one of these has something to share. And I could go through on and on about each one of these. We don't have time. We're out of time. We hope you'll have a great week and look forward to having you back here next week, everybody. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin' of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.